Welcome to Fed Talks Podcast. I'm Dr. Jimmy Chrisman, your host, and this is your ultimate destination for theater education for theater teachers and theater education students like you. Join me as we bring you heartwarming stories, interviews, and valuable insights to renew your faith in teaching and enhance your theater classroom practice. Our guests include experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, teaching artists, and esteemed theater education professors from all around the world. Prepare to be inspired by innovative teaching techniques, shared triumphs and struggles, and a wealth of resources to elevate your classroom. Whether you're a seasoned theater teacher or just starting your journey in theater education, this podcast is your place to recharge, connect, and learn from practitioners making a difference in students' lives every day. Thank you for joining our passionate theater education community as we embark on this incredible new season together. Fed Talks Podcast is here to ignite your creativity, offer support, and be your go-to resource for all things theater education. So grab a cup of coffee or your glass of wine, relax, and let's delve into heartwarming conversations and practical advice to enhance your theater classroom. I'm really excited to welcome to this episode of Fed Talks, Ben Winter, who is a theater educator who works with young people in a variety of different settings. Um, we are talking right now online. Uh, he is all the way in Hertfordshire, England, and I'm very excited to dig into the exciting things that he has going on over there. Ben, welcome to the show. Um, introduce- thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> in- introduce yourself and uh, just kind of share your your story of your journey. Uh Let's talk about me. Um, I'm currently just teaching lots of children at the moment. Um, every day's every day's an adventure. Uh, no two days the same exactly. Um, and I'm currently freelancing, so I teach in lots of schools such as uh, Perform, MSG Performing Arts. I've covered at lots of other schools, Top Hat, Theatre Train. These are all performing arts schools um, for young children. So, sort of from around the age of maybe it's four all the way up to maybe 12. I've, I've taught a few teenagers as well. So a nice big variety and it was good. Very, very rewarding and, and I get so much fulfillment out of it. Where did your love for theater begin? A very long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> very long time ago. Um, I think probably I was, I was the age of five or six. I think my mum took me uh, along to my very first ever drama class. Um, it was called Rising Stars Drama Group. Um, and it was uh, at, the, at the Fleetfield Community Centre every Saturday morning. And I went and I just cried. I, I was really very anxious and shy. So I just cried. At, at my They won't mind me saying this. They're probably listening along. So I went and cried in the corner for a good half an hour. I was like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. Uh, <laughs> and then I thought after week two or week three, I thought, oh my gosh, this is great. I love this. I love this. I love this. So no more crying in the corner. Um, and then I just absolutely loved pretending and being somebody completely different. And if, and and then you just suddenly think, as you get older, you think, oh, my goodness, this could be a job. This could be a career. How exciting is that? You know, OK, this is def- this is theatre. This is it. Theatre is the thing for me. <laughs> um, I could have been a plumber or I could have been I could have been something, a, a different job completely. But, you know, and I just think if I'd never gone there, if I never carried on, then I don't know where I would have 
what I would be doing if I hadn't gone. So I, I was at Rising Stars for how long was I? I want to say maybe a decade. Was it about 10 years maybe? And I did a lot of their shows um, around St, in St Albans area. And and um, I owe a lot to my teachers there because, yeah. <laughs> And, and did you did you study theater once you got into um, out of the primary grades and then into the university? Uh, yes, I. Well, this was before the pandemic. Well, I went to uni first for musical theater, and then I went to uh, I did a, uh, the found, a foundation course art said, um, which is a big drama. It's a drama school in London in Chiswick, and um, then we had the pandemic, so everything stopped. <laughs> um. So I like to call that my main bulk of training, and I got so much out from that. Um, and oh, it, it was a hard. It was it was it was hard. Um, um, but it was just yeah. I think the best time ever I had as well. And I met loads of met loads of great people there, and you learn so much about yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and so musical theater was your 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 focus while you were there, and and yes. How does that uh, transfer into what you're doing now with, with young people? Uh, the same sort of creativity that I get, I think, because um, I get to be creative with my lessons and what I'm teaching to the children. Um, and I think, and I remember one of the art said, saying to me, said, uh, if you, well, I've, I've had lots of people say all sorts of things to me, but uh, he said, you, you don't actually have to be very good at it. So I was like, oh, good, that's reassuring. That's good then. I don't have to be good. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's reassuring. That I, and uh, I, I didn't do any formal PGCE or a, a teacher training qualification. I sort of learnt on the job and sort of worked my way up the, lad uh, the ladder, as it were. Um, my very first teaching job... Um, I think I lasted a month, but, um, but I stuck to it. And um, and then I think where I am now, I think, you know, just learned so much more in in that time. And um, sorry, I sort of digressed a bit, but um, I think there's the same sort of fun and the same spontaneity that as an actor, you get to have that same fun and that same enjoyment when you're teaching as well. Um, and for an actor and having a career as an actor is it ain't easy um <laughs> they don't know it's not easy at all um but teaching is still just as fulfilling and rewarding and and you get to um you get to pass on so many brilliant skills to these young children as well so when you when you had that that first teaching experience that first job that you said you you were there for a month and yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you stuck uh, to it yeah. what were the big lessons you learned from from that experience that you took forward Ooh, good question um see, see i think now i'm much better in being much more in control and actually really being clear and much more specific as to what i want to say to the children um I mean, I didn't even know what safeguarding meant back then, which is very, which is terrible. Um, so, and so, so your role as a teacher as well, I learned so much more about now my role as a teacher um, compared to five, six, six years ago, because uh, 
children their focus can wander off and they can go they can go all it can end up going all over the place and um now i think i've learned not to be too hard on myself so because you know if children do go all over all all guns blazing then um at least nobody died <laughs> and, yeah. and and you you learn you learn how you handle things as as a teacher yes. and, oh, yes. and yes. your your own persona and and what works for you and what doesn't it's a great book that i got um it's called getting the buggers to behave by sue cowley um <laughs> credit to her uh, but she she's amazing some of the things that i've learned from her it's a great book um and it gives you you know great so it's very clear actually it's um teaches you all about you know very informed about um how to you know your teaching style the different types of rooms you can teach in different ways of handling behavior and different sort of strategies and techniques you can use along the way and uh there's so much more that i've learned from that book and she does these brilliant videos um online which i learned so much more so thank you sue cowley for those <laughs> I was not aware of that book. I'm going to have to check that out. Hey, theater educators, this is Jimmy Chrisman. If you have ever wondered how you can support the podcast in any way, well, I'm about to tell you. Dead Talks Podcast has always been and will always be a free podcast that I put out there for you teachers. I know you don't make a lot of money. I don't make a lot of money as a university professor. But if the podcast is something that has helped you out or that you just really want to find a way to support us, this is how. Visit www.buymeacoffee.com slash TheDTalksPC. And there you can make a donation right to the expenses of the show to help offset those costs. I thank you in advance for what you will do. Thank you for those of you who have donated. I appreciate it. And even if you can't make a donation, I still appreciate you. Just continue to listen and continue to share. That website again is www.buymeacoffee.com slash TheDTalksPC. Um, so what, uh, you, you've taught in, I, I got that. Yeah. Sue Cowley. Yep. Thank you. So what, um, of all the different, uh, uh, varieties of settings that you've taught, you've taught kids in, talk a little bit about the different, some of the different ones and, and your experiences in them. Yes. Um, I have taught in usual primary schools, um, in a school hall and, um, but I think I, I sort of prefer teaching maybe more in, in a more theatrical setting because teaching in a classroom is not is different to teaching in a studio in a large theatrical studio with mirrors and a ballet and uh, with a ballet bar and everything and uh well tomorrow i'm teaching in a theater um which, in a, which will be lovely with seats and curtains and everything so it's very stagey um and i think i suppose the the energy uh feels much more impacted and lifted um but having said that a large open space it can be a reason for children to start you know going running all over the place as i've encountered or they like to throw out cartwheels and everything so there's something to watch out for yeah I'm, I'm, i want to want to talk a little bit about because you mentioned COVID a few moments ago and how that impacted your your journey yes, yes when you did. what um what what are some things that you've seen in students in in England um, coming out of the pandemic and, and maybe its impact on them and, and how you're approaching that as a teacher now? Um, yeah, well, there were two things, actually, I was going to say. Um, one was, well, it was, 
I had no way how I was going to, what, because I was thinking, how am I going to get children to social distance? That is not going to happen. And we all had to be in bubbles, didn't we, for a while. We had to be in bubbles, masked, hand sanitised and everything. And I just thought this ain't going to work. And it was actually one of, one of the schools I teach at, it's called Perform. They did this thing in COVID where all the children, they sat on these things called islands, which was like a coloured spot. And you put it on the floor. All of them were two metres apart. I did this at um, theatre train as well. I had a tape measure, which I had to measure out all two two metres apart. Um, and I had all my PP, what was it called? PP, PPE, wasn't uh-huh. it? Um, and the children had to stand and they had to sit and they had to dance and they had to speak on these spots. And they were not allowed to leave their island. Um, otherwise, they'd go in the water or something. Um, so that I... I I, I don't really. I didn't really have to adopt that method too much in COVID because it was being lifted. Thankfully, the rules being lifted, so we were allowed to sort of get a bit closer with children. But um, that was when it was much more strict to the rules. But also in lockdown, um, I was aware that children's social skills were very. Um, very limited because obviously they weren't able to leave their houses they weren't able to go on play dates go to the playground do their usual clubs and sports and things so social skills were very limited and one of the schools I was at you know there's a there was like a huge huge backlog of all the education that they'd missed out Mm. you know in terms of uh phonics you know learning to speak and articulate with their voices sort of things um so there was a lot of catching up to do on that um unfortunately and thank thankfully we're now out of the pandemic and we're back to how we were i think you know beforehand but and it, it was hard for me as well i think because um you know i had so much teaching before in march 2020 and suddenly it all gone out like that and it took me a while to build myself back up again. Um, and I, I taught my first class after COVID. It was, I think it was, might have been Jigsaw Arts. Um, hello, Jackie, if you're listening. Um, it was called uh, Jigsaw Arts, and I, they had, that's where a visor. And I, my, I remember my voice being really muffled through this visor thing that I had to wear, um, teaching. And it was like, oh goodness I don't even think I remember what I'm doing now because I haven't talked for so long um so it took me a while to get myself well to get myself back up again yeah I think I think we I think all of us who I mean, around the world who are listening we yeah. experienced very similar things and um recalibrating when we came out of it and and because mm. I think sometimes we overcorrected uh to make up for the lost time and now we're I think I think yeah. hopefully the pendulum's swinging the other way and we can balance yes back out. I, yes I'm so glad I'm so glad now that uh, you know I'm teaching in lots of performing arts schools and everything so I'm very grateful for that well I know you mentioned you you love you love pretending and that's the that's the thing that drew you to it and, and getting to play in these yeah. make-believe worlds and, and creating what what is it you love about working with with young people and what is your oh, favorite thing to teach them we could be here all day talking about this um <laughs> well they they just don't give a excuse me they don't give a damn they don't give a shit about you know what what anyone thinks um and they, they don't care about 
if they look stupid, you know, one minute they could be a pirate, then the next minute they are a astronaut. Next minute they are they found a tube on the floor and it becomes a dog or something, or it becomes a whatever, or that you know they've got dolls or something. And as we get older, unfortunately, we do lose those. We do lose that spontaneity, and it's quite a bit harder to lose those inhibitions. Um, because you know we get older, don't we? And mm-hmm. okay, you know it's quite nice for me now. How old am I now? I'm 27 now, so I get to go back and sort of almost relive that slightly with those young children, which is lovely. <laughs> and are you are you still? Did you still a performer and director yourself? Yeah, uh, yeah, I still perform occasionally, more sort of singing, the odd cabarets or the odd concerts here and there, which I still enjoy as well, and lots of you know still auditioning as well. And are you working on anything currently? Not at the moment, no. Just, um, well, I, I'm still waiting to hear about a new teaching job, which is a bit up in the air. But uh, I'm teaching a lot over during the summer holidays. And then after the holidays, I then I'm back at perform again. So we, uh, we've got two, two classes, two different, yeah, two shows. Um, we've got a around the world theme with our young kids and then the older um class that we have we are doing it's called cinderella rocks um so you know sort of cinderella with a sort of more rock sort of edge to it um so i get to help with directing that and teaching those songs and dances as well for our show which will be around christmas time fantastic fantastic hey thud talks listener yeah you Thank you for listening. Really, thank you. It's because of listeners like you that this podcast exists and continues to bring you heartwarming stories and help you and many other theater teachers feel a little less alone in your practice. Thed Talks is listened to in 78 countries and continues to grow with every episode. Here's the thing. I need your support to continue spreading the joy of theater education. So I have a few requests for you. First, subscribe to Thed Talks podcast on your favorite podcast provider whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform. Hit that subscribe button to stay updated with our latest episodes. Second, I encourage you to rate the podcast. Your feedback is crucial in helping us improve and reach more theater enthusiasts like yourself. Your rating will help others discover the podcast and benefit from the insights shared. Lastly, I invite you to leave a review. Share your thoughts, experiences, and how Fed Talks podcast has enriched your teaching practice. Your review will not only inspire others to listen, but also help build a community of passionate theater educators. So let's come together and celebrate the transformative power of theater education. Subscribe, rate, and leave a review for Fed Talks Podcast today. Well, looking back at your 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 career and then even before that with your, your schooling and training, who are some of those important teachers um, that you've had? And, and talk a little bit about them and their influence on you. Uh, I yeah, I do owe a lot to all my fabulous teachers. Hello, if you're listening. Um, uh, so I had two brilliant teachers. First of all, called Fenella and Anna. Hello, if you're listening. Um, and lots of games and things I can took from them. And that was at Rising Stars. Then when i was at secondary school i had a great head our head of drama called miss shepherd um and she was hilarious i loved her and she was great um 
did all lots of her shows and things. We did what did we do? We did Honk, which is about the ugly duckling. Uh, did lots of you know the school choir. So I, I was able to take lots of things I learned from the school choir um, and sort of use those in my classes. Um, and sort of, yeah, you you kind of do that. You kind of steal off other people, don't you? Um, and then I went to college and then art said so yeah and like i can some of the things i'd learned like even though they might be aimed more specifically maybe for people over the age of 18 or over the age of 16 i sort of try and take it but then i try and sort of maybe sort of tailor it more towards younger children so that because i think it would still be fun for that good fun for them as well mm-hmm. so what is it what's an example of something that you've done uh, like that I went for an well. I went for an audition um, for Disney. Um, I went for an audition for Disney, and it, uh, they one of the things they do in their rounds um, is it's about exploring your physicality. So I say to my children, I say, "What do you think I mean when I say the word physicality?" Um, and it's quite a big word, physicality, but you know, it's obviously using your body and physicalize. And what they do at the auditions is you have to use your body um, to portray, you know, a Disney princess, portray a Disney villain, portray, um, you know, whatever, you know, how you use your body to, you know, create something funny, create something sad. And I just think, well, there's no reason why I can't do this with younger children as well. They're, they would love losing their inhibitions. And I say that to them, you know, don't care what anyone else thinks, you know, go for it. Have lots and lots of fun. We get to be really silly. And, you know, kids love being silly, don't they? <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. So talk to me a little bit about um, in, this, in the show prep material you sent me, you, you said um, that you would like to talk about running a successful after school club or class. So what, what, what do you have to share with us about that? Running an after-school club, well, if that's musical theatre or if that's dance or performing arts club. Um, so th- there are some good, you know, maybe some good things I can impart my, my knowledge. Um, I mean, I do highly recommend this, the book that I mentioned earlier. Um, have a, if, if this is your first teaching job or if this is your first class you're doing uh, well don't be too don't get don't be nervous or too overwhelmed i mean i was as well um you can know it's gonna be great fun i would say aim to arrive at least 15 10 15 minutes beforehand you don't want to be rushed you don't want it to be frantic and manic and you end up being flustered because and you know because you, know, you don't know where you're going got to, you know make sure you find the venue also they need to set, do a photocopy of your dbs and they might want to see id as well they might there might be things you need to go through so always you know allow time for those things as well that's my first thing that i would do make sure you have got your dbs with you otherwise you cannot teach um you won't be allowed into onto the premises probably unless you've got your dbs um so there are those as well um make sure make sure that your venue or the room that you're going to be teaching in is safe i know it's really basic common sense i know it's you know preaching to the choir but um I, i you know i've turned up to some rooms and you know there's a pile of mess on the floor or there's a spillage or or you get there and there are chairs all over the place and you just think oh great 
I've got to deal with this now, haven't I? Um, so make sure the room is safe. Um, so we don't have any accidents. Uh, and then I suppose, wait, well, because it can vary. So how you know sometimes you the children might come to you for the class, or sometimes you might have to go and collect them from their classroom or wherever they're picked up from. So it's always worth checking beforehand if you can. You know, I've had, you know, teachers come to me saying, oh, Ben, we need you to pick them up, please. We need you picking them up. And I'm like, oh, OK, gosh, right. OK, four different classrooms I've got to now go to. Right. This one, collect the children. Right. Let's go to the next one. Collect them. Right. OK, good. Lovely. One, two, three, four. Cool. Everyone follow me. No, not this way. Uh, it is, uh, gets, big, <laughs> gets very chaotic. Um, yeah. And then, and then I'm like, right, have we got everyone? Hooray. Good. We, Yeah. <laughs> So uh, that can be a bit, and then you're on to your class. And I usually like to, if I've got, an, if my class or my club is an hour long, I sort of structure it. So maybe like the first 10, 15 minutes, this is sort of coming to your lesson plan now. First 10, 15 minutes, you know, icebreaker game, uh, introducing yourself, getting to know the children, try and, you know, get it off to a good start. So I like to do maybe introduce their name how old they are and their favorite animal i sometimes spice it up so do favorite color favorite food favorite superhero power favorite movie whatever you know you could do your warm-up and then the good thing is it's i suppose we're teaching these it's a free rally so um, you, you're entitled to do whatever you want unless it's unless it's curriculum stuff um but i enjoy do my own thing where I haven't, I haven't got anyone telling me what I can do and what I can't do. I enjoy doing my own, my own lessons. Uh, those are all great reminders for us. Uh, I, I, I know you said this is probably just common sense, but these are great reminders for, for us um, to cause sometimes we get so busy and we forget those things. So um, f- for those of us not in England, what is a DBS? A DBS stands for disclosure barring service. It basically just shows that there, there isn't any, any you haven't done anything naughty or you haven't done anything irresponsible um, that might prevent you from working with children or not just children, but vulnerable adults as well. Uh, so no police records or convictions, cautions, reprimands. Yeah, so it's like, a, it's like a background check, like what we have here, like criminal background, background check. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for, for sharing that. Um, what... Um, you also shared that you inspiring young children is is um is very special to you so what does that mean to you and how do you do that i mean it's a it's a it's a lovely rewarding job um and when i say the rewards i mean like happy children full of energy and you know occasionally there can be children that uh, like to like to challenge you and push your buttons and see how far they can go i've been there um and you know sometimes i think oh this is draining this is very draining and very is that pulling teeth out um okay uh, it's quite good to maybe from time to time reevaluate these things i suppose and sort of think is is it worth it for me but um yeah it's a hard one, you know, because you don't know what children you're going to get. Um, and 
so you know i because you know i'm i take it with you know a pinch of salt and with that open open mind and see how it goes ben i'd love to hear one or two of your favorite stories from your career so far oh okay that's um yeah, I mean, this was last year, you know, um, I had one little boy in my class and he's very shy and didn't want to talk much and quite suppose, introverted. And then by and um, and then I think he was with me for about two or three weeks um, and he started becoming much more happier and sort of being much more using more communication. Um, and I remember... I remember his mum bringing him to me, saying, and he's saying, "Oh, is Ben in today? Is Ben here today? Oh, look, there he is! Oh, that's brightened up his day. That's brightened up this little boy's day." Um, and I was saying to his mum, I was saying, you know, how much he's come over the past few weeks, and uh, he was smiling much more, um, not crying as much now. And uh, I was mentioning to his mother that uh, you know, always oh, definitely come on so much. And then you kind of think, oh, to bring out his confidence. Um, so those are the lovely things that come with it. I suppose if anyone's thinking of wanting to try what teaching, because you know it's not for everyone, and there was there's was, there was a silly st- stigma that used to go around, which was never work with children or animals. Well, it's rubbish because some of the talent that I've seen from lots of these kids are you know extraordinary. Um, so if anyone's thinking of wanting to teach, maybe maybe as a side part time job along with another career. Um, cause you know, it, it doesn't have to take too much out of your, out of your life or anything. Then I just say, do it because it's good fun, very rewarding. Well, Ben, uh, you've already shared one great resource with us, with, uh, the Sue Cowley book. Um, do you have anything else that are must haves for theater teachers? Lots of fun, have, have great fun, you know, cause we can't be serious about this. It's not a serious job. Um, so just make sure you, you know, bring lots of fun, lots of energy, even if it is, 7 30 in the morning and you haven't had enough coffee or something um what else oh actually i um i think maybe once once over a few years if you've been teaching me for a while it's good to also have a big folder so i've got a big folder of all my my resources and everything um and also spare copies of my dbs you know photocopies dbs uh, photocopy of safeguarding that's another important thing i forgot i didn't mention earlier safeguarding and first aid as well which is a good thing as well uh, yeah awesome thank you and so ben what are your parting words of wisdom for a new teacher entering the the theater education field or a veteran teacher just needing an encouraging word right now don't take don't take it too seriously um fun enjoy it um and also i suppose you will learn so much from those children as much as you're teaching them they will also teach you as well that is so true that is so true so ben thank you so much for joining me today it has been lovely talking with you and i know my my listeners can't see you like i can right now but you clearly have this infectious wonderful energy and love for kids and teaching kids theater (laughs) so thank you so much for sharing that love with them and for all that you do for, for those kids thank you thank you so much for joining us today on fed talks podcast i hope you enjoyed this week's conversation and practical advice from my incredible guest 
Remember, if you want to revisit any past episodes or explore the resources recommended by our guests, head over to our website at www.deadtalks.com. There you'll find a treasure trove of valuable content with each guest having their own dedicated page. Stay connected with us on social media. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for all your updates, behind-the-scene moments, and engaging discussions. I love hearing from the community, so don't hesitate to reach out. I want to invite you to sign up for the mailing list on our website. By joining the mailing list, you'll be the first to know about new episodes, exclusive content, and exciting updates from Fed Talks Podcast. Simply visit www.fedtalks.com and enter your email address to stay connected with us. Have an idea for a future topic or a guest recommendation? Send an email to jimmy at fedtalks.com. Your input is vital in shaping the future of the podcast, and I value your suggestions. And for all you theater educators out there who have a story to share, visit our website to register as a guest. I'd be thrilled to have you on the show and share your insights with the listeners. Once again, thank you for being a part of Fed Talks podcast community. Your support and engagement mean the world to me. So join me next week for another inspiring conversation and practical advice. Until next time, stay passionate, stay dedicated, and keep making a difference in the lives of your students. Thank you for all that you do. I appreciate it.